0: Hey, corporate wants you to find out the difference between these two pictures. It's a strawberry and a cherry slurpee.
1: They're the same picture. They're the same picture.
0: My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Now, witness the fire. Is fully armed and operational battle station. You're listening to Escape Podcast. My name is Cameron Haug, and on the show today we have uh, not only an idiot, but also a complete <laughs> moron. Welcome to the show, Laura Haug. How are oh, you doing? Oh,
1: hey everyone. I'm Laura Lane. I'm good. I
0: feel like that was a very good introduction. You think for so? You. Very applicable. I don't, I don't know. Like he a, wants to a cover up the fact also, that why, everyone
1: likes me better. <laughs> why
0: did you tell them your Instagram name instead of your real name?
1: First of all, Laura Lane is like my favorite nickname ever. So why did you disclose did, did you make- our terrible last name? That we
0: share. Because I tell them that every single episode. It's
1: disgusting. So if I hey were to tell... everyone, welcome to the Hog family. <laughs> <Are> you, <laughs> you mispronounced yes. our
0: own last the name. The Hog family. Oh, this is just disgraceful. It is I wish I wish I could just marry someone and change it, but it would be very hard for me to do. That
1: would be. Or I could just Good change luck. it legally. That'd
0: be a little easier, wouldn't Good it?
1: Good luck with the rest of your life. Well,
0: thank you. i got to just, <laughs> just spell out my last name to every single person for the rest of my life. For real. So, uh, we are going to be talking about... Um, Stranger Things 3 today, but before we do that, I finally, guys, we've been doing this for, oh, two and a half years, I want to say, two and a half years, and finally, finally, we got a review.
1: Wait, what? Someone actually listened to your podcast and commented on it?
0: and commented on it. Are you it.
1: sure it wasn't me going on your Instagram live feed reading your hello in the comments? No, 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 it was it was on <laughs> iTunes
0: and um, it's a uh, it's a four-star review and it's our first one and uh, guys, I didn't I I asked the book like who the fuck wrote this shit and I don't I don't fucking know it, but I'm going to definitely read stars. it out to uh, the 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 guy who wrote it late and tired. Uh, Escape podcast is a down to earth, humor filled podcast. The back and forth commentary and the witty banter makes you feel like you're hanging out with friends and discussing movies and making fun of each other. Which is that's exactly what we fucking do. That's we amazing. just have conversations and put it online, and we're millennials, and that's this how we go about doing it these days. Uh, the cast is often spot on with their movie options. They, uh, I think you meant to write opinions. They bring light to the movies and successes and failures. It's often stuff you may not have picked up on or thought before. They make you look at the movie in a whole new light. Often, though, uh, they get off topic, and sometimes it could take a bit longer uh, to get back to when they're talking about the movie, but the silly jokes and humor make up for it, uh, which is 100% completely true, and we do have significantly large tangents. It's a really worthy podcast to listen to. It's like listening uh, to it gives you a little escape from reality. One might even call it an escape pod. See, that's why I thought this was fake, oh. because that's the description of our podcast, and I'm like, who the fuck wrote this? I feel
1: like you wrote that. No, I didn't You Are you both late and tired?
0: <laughs> I am you almost always late and tired, on. but thank you very much, late and tired. It's it's greatly appreciated. Yeah. I, I do uh, appreciate our first review of the podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. Alright, so uh, with you. that being said, uh, we normally would talk what? about news, but I doubt you're really into with the whole Star Wars thing and what's been going news. on. So, other than like the idea of a red stormtrooper coming out in season nine there's not a whole lot much more talk real? about. yeah we read a book about it uh i think it was i think it was leia um yeah. and there was a red st- stormtrooper involved named cardinal and we all fucking love him because he's awesome and he was a red stormtrooper and now they're calling them sith troopers in episode nine Ooh. they're uh, they're adapting the red stormtrooper
1: oh that's really cool wait so, his name was carl wait back up
0: cardinal
1: cardinal <laughs>
0: okay yeah not <laughs>
1: carl! his name was carl <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, uh, but let's go ahead and talk about the season finale, finally of Stranger Things three. Now that yeah. anyone who ever gave a shit about it has finally seen it, unless you're really bad so. at time management. I don't think you gave a shit about it if you haven't seen it. So I went ahead and rewatched a majority of the series, guys. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you and say I rewatched the whole thing. I have seen the whole thing mm-hmm. once through, once and a half times through. I meant to go ahead and see some um, some adaptations before and some illusions and some. Um, uh, Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Allusions to previous series involved. Mm. For instance, in season one, when you see a commercial for Coca-Cola, Summer's better with Coke, and then it cuts to the scene where she's trying her first thing with all those probes in her head to crush the can of Coke with Uh Dr. Brenner. In season three, we see her do that same thing in Starcourt Mall when she's trying to crush a can of Coke to see if she still has her powers, that kind of thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of illusions with that, too. Another one was that at the beginning, when they find Elle in, like, I don't know, the second episode, Mm -hmm. um, maybe it was the first, Elle was completely devoid of privacy, and she wanted a change in front of all the three boys, and they freaked out. So Mm -hmm. they're like, go in the back room, and or was it the closet, and... I think Mike, it was a bathroom. Mike shut the door, and she freaked out. So yeah. as a compromise, they kept the door three inches open. Oh, Later in the series... That is so
1: awesome. We I see, not even catch that
0: Yeah, we, we see Hopper actually the one instigating that, where Elle wants nothing more than privacy to be alone with Mike, where both mm-hmm. of them want the door closed, but... Hopper wants the door three inches open. It's those kind three of things that make this whole thing, like it really flows together really well. It does. And by far, right. I think season three was definitely closer to what we felt in season one, where season two was a, a really cool, awesome, powerful tangent that receded mm-hmm. back to another powerful way, but more resemblance of season one when we came to uh, ST3. Well,
1: I think season 2 the whole purpose of it was for L to find her purpose. The whole purpose of season 2 was you know? to
0: develop like two her maybe character. three main characters. Yeah. Um uh, the two I have in mind of course are Jonathan Byers and Eleven. Eleven yes. was this now going through emo phase in season 2.
1: What about uh, Max? Too, she got Max was introduced. introduced so yeah.
0: the Duffer brothers, the Duffer brothers have this amazing reputation of introducing a character and making you Fucking hate them. Billy, um, Billy. Steve Harrington. And then the next season, they come on in, and you fucking love them. No. Oh, my God. I hate it. I mean, Billy was kind of cool to begin with, but I hated him. He's such a douchebag. <laughs> and then he sacrifices himself to the Mind Flayer in season three in Starcourt, and I wanted nothing to do but more than to worship the guy.
1: So I actually wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Because while... That was a very necessary scene because it saved Eleven's life. I feel like it was uncharacteristic of the character that Billy had portrayed within season two and season three. That he would sacrifice himself because, think about it, back in season two, just because he could, he almost ran over Dustin and Lucas Because Max was like, hey, those are my friends. And he's like, oh, I'm going to run them over. That's the joy
0: of character development. It's a changing of one's priorities to make you humanize with the character. And the thing is that he had a lot of guilt. Because although he wasn't consciously making decisions while possessed by the Mind flare, he knew what he did. And in order to make recompense for it, he sacrificed himself to save them in the end. And I think that's the main driver behind why he was a sacrificial host in this case.
1: I, I agree. I would agree with that. But it also seemed like it was a little too easy for Eleven to really tap into those very hidden emotion, emotions that he had about his past and his mom and, like, all the trauma that he's endured. And for him to let go, her, for her to bring it up and be like, the beach, your mom, she was so beautiful. For him to be, like, this really evil character to all of a sudden just break out and sacrifice himself, you know, I don't know. Like well, I that's felt what, that's what it Darth was amazing. Don't on. get me wrong, that's but what, I also feel like it was a little bit of a sudden, very dynamic change in the character that he had brought.
0: Well, there's the thing though. The the, yes. Every good story, I've said this like at least a thousand times in this podcast. So if you've heard like maybe three of our episodes, you've heard me say this shit. Every good story has an amazing villain, 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 except for Shrek. I don't know why I like Shrek. Farquaad sucks, but. Um, The reason why Star Wars, the original trilogy, is so widely upheld is because Darth Vader is an amazing character. You humanize with him because he has a last-minute decision to sacrifice himself for the good of the universe. That's true. The reason Mm -hmm. why I think Billy was so humanized to begin with is because he did the exact same action. And as a result, you begin to actually like him as a character, which unfortunately is when he dies.
1: You know, now that I think about it, I think there was a little bit of an illusion To his character and eventually ending up sacrificing himself in season two. Because if you remember, his dad was the main reason that he was such a terrible person. Because he beat him. Exactly. His dad was a very toxic and abusive parent.
0: Which is the first, I think the first instance we actually see of any humanization of Billy.
1: That's true. When his father had walked in and he was like, you need to go find Max. And tell your date you're not going anymore. And you see tears in Billy's eyes and he's afraid. I wonder... If because during that scene when L brought back those memories and he realized what was going on, I wonder if he saw this other evil villain who was kind of running his life and he was like, never again, because my father
0: did that. Holy shit, Laura. Holy shit. You think the mind flare was synonymous with his father and dictating his actions?
1: Absolutely.
0: Fuck, I didn't think about that. That's really good.
1: Thanks, Cameron.
0: Man. All right. I'm so glad I fucking had you on the podcast today. (laughs) This is actually your first time, guys. Yeah. Uh, Have you... Have you ever done anything like this before?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Well, uh, I think it might be genetic, but you do have a good radio might
1: voice. Might be genetic, Might be all, genetic. Uh, did you hear the last person.
0: part of what I just said? You do have a good radio voice.
1: Oh, thanks. You're like, oh,
0: he's fucking, I'm going to cut him off right here and not even listen to the rest of his shit. <laughs> um, fuck you, by the way. <laughs> all right. So uh, one yeah. thing I also did like is an illusion from Star Wars, which is mm-hmm. my, my, Uproot and bringing in this life. I have a Star Wars tattoo, a really big one for reference, guys. And why I like Stranger Things 3 so much is the portrayal of what Luke is to what Eleven is. Now, in every single Star Wars movie, Laura, you've seen Star Wars, I hope, right?
1: Of course, I've okay, seen good. I'm your sister. It's yeah. like,
0: <laughs> I'd be what very I had surprised if do. you didn't. So, if you remember in episodes 4, 5, and 6, Luke actually had a different garment on every time to symbolize where he was in form of character development and the progression of the story. So in season f- uh, season in episode 4 he was wearing a white um robe to re- you know resembling of those who live on his home planet Tatooine in season uh I mean episode 5 he was wearing uh, what was he wearing something different and <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing another My garment. points completely invalid <laughs> and season 6 he was uh, episode 6 he was wearing a black robe to yes. resemble his final uh Betrayal and actually a little slight homage to his possible derivation to the dark side when he had the decision. But in Stranger Things, now I can finally say the word season. In season one, we see Eleven and she's wearing, you know, her, her white robe or any clothes that Mike had his loose fitting shirts. In season two, she's wearing her full emo gown. In season three, she's mm-hmm. finally branching out and picking clothes she wants to wear instead of what people are telling her to. Which, by the way, how did she afford those fucking clothes? Doesn't she have, like, no money?
1: For real. She's not even allowed out of the house, so it's not like she would have asked Hopper for money so she could go to the mall that she's not allowed to go to. <laughs> by the way, how did you feel about beginning of the season, Hopper?
0: Oh, complete asshole.
1: I really do... I. I understand it. I
0: love Hopper, but, but I
1: didn't like it. Mm, you know, it's just
0: like he was obviously he was an alcoholic at that point, right?
1: I mean, he's always been an alcoholic, popping okay. pills, smoking cigarettes. I feel like he's more off of those toxic habits. I in think it's his constant
0: loneliness that drives him to be that way that he is. Is he has don't he doesn't have any control over his life, so he tries to control Elevens. Yes. And even though we wanted to see him get with Joyce. Uh, there was still no control in that, and we will talk about the ending and possible theories when we get to the oh, end of the podcast. Because I but got a good one. Some other things I noticed um, when I was rewatching season one mm-hmm. was the resemblance from um, <laughs> Will and Do you remember uh, it was Coconut Head? From really? Are you really he bringing this looked up? looked just like Coconut Head the whole yeah, season Bryn, That was a
1: standard 80s haircut
0: <laughs> was You lo- have lo- to give lo- that up. The fucking bowl that cut That is
1: just such a stretch of an
0: illusion <laughs> <laughs> And Never. everyone, everyone in season three is like, guys, let's talk about girls and grew up. And was like, well, i a goofy goober. <laughs> like that's, that was the whole, And the first season, like everyone's like, we got to find Will. Fuck you, Barb. We got to find Will. <laughs> and then season three is like, hey, Will, can you shut the fuck up? Like we're doing some more important shit here. And he's like, the, his whole purpose in season three was be like, they're coming. And like, that was, <laughs> he was just like a forewarner. That's true. And then, then he that's, like, guys, I got the
1: chili goosebumps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, and another thing I saw was this line that really stuck with me was, yeah. oh, no, she's dating that douchebag, Steve Harrington. And then, of course, the same thing we see with the Duffer brothers do is they start a character that you, you're absolutely going to fucking hate, and then they just humanize the living shit out of him. And in season two, you think he's the best person on the planet. Yes. Absolutely, 100%. And uh, I, uh, I think we saw the same thing with Billy. I really do.
1: Yeah, I mean... I still, I don't love him nearly as much as I would love Steve Harrington. Oh, no, Steve's a different level.
0: I'm just trying to very... tie this into season three.
1: I get that, though, because he really does reclaim his character. Same
0: with Hopper, too.
1: Yeah. Hopper,
0: oh, my God. Being, like the, When you see Hopper look at Joyce when she knows she has to flip both switches, and he's like, all right, this is for the betterment of society. Just go ahead and tears. do it. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and talk about it while we're talking about it right now. Yes. Um, So we pretty much know Hopper's not dead.
1: Of course he's not. Yeah. My theory with any TV or movie is you have to physically see the character explode and have a funeral for that character, for that character to be officially dead.
0: Actually, that applies half of what you said to Stranger Things. Every single character we know to be dead, we have seen their corpse. Barb, Billy, Bob. Uh, but
1: the character in any TV show, any film, is not truly dead until you've seen the corpse of the character or saw them physically die, or there was a funeral. Up 100%. until then, it's up in the air for where they are or if they'll make a
0: return to the show. Which I'm I'm fairly certain we will see Hopper make a return to the show. In of fact, course. I think there he's one of the two options I have in my mind for whom the Russians were referring to in the prisoner cell when they said, "No, no, no, not the American." It has at the to very be end, Hopper. it could be Doctor Brenner. Remember, Doctor Brenner. Oh, and you they lie. said he was in dead in season two when Eleven was asking about that.
1: But remember how Hopper, like that ray gun or whatever it was, that was prying open the gate in the very beginning when it fluctuated. Two? No, in the beginning of season three. When it fluctuated in the beginning because something went wrong, it made it everybody... vaporized
0: every Russian scientist? Yeah, it scientists. made
1: everybody explode. Well, but you didn't see Hopper's exploded body. You just saw something that was Well, it was, it was a cleverly there.
0: edited cutscene, so we don't know for a fact. Maybe he was exploded. Maybe he exploded.
1: My theory is that he somehow got into the upside-down world and then the gate shut. And the Russians have their own portal over in Russia, which is how they knew about it. Oh. And he ventured... Through the upside-down world. Wait, if
0: the Russians had their own portal in Russia, then why were they in Hawkins?
1: I think it's because... They, well, how would they have known about it in the first place if they didn't have their own? And how would they have had one of the demi dogs? Just casually over in Russia if they have some g- sort g- of That is a good fucking point,
0: which, by the way, I'm fairly certain they're trying to train that thing to attack Americans.
1: Absolutely. As a form <laughs> of
0: Cold War. And they're feeding it prisoners, so, like, we know they're trying to build it up and get it some protein in its diet.
1: Well, the whole thing is an allusion to the Cold War. Think about it. Both yeah, America been like- and Russia have a portal to the most demonic creatures that can destroy an entire society of people.
0: Season four is yeah. going to be Fucking crazy! It's gonna
1: be crazy. I hope.
0: I hope they do a good job, Duffer Brothers. We're talking to you. Um, so, <laughs> s- speaking of which, at the very end, uh, holy shit! There's a lot of things that are involved with this that are going to change the entire demographic of the show. The mm-hmm. Wheelers are leaving town, meaning Nancy has to say goodbye to Jonathan. Mike has to say goodbye to L.
1: Ah, no, not the Wheeler. The Wheelers. The Buyers
0: left town with L. The Wheelers stayed. Okay, I'm sorry the Wheelers said goodbye to Elle and Jonathan. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot involved with with going on there, and we don't know if there's going to be any reuniting, because let's face it, Elle's the best fucking character in the show, hands down. And if she's not on the show anymore then it's going to be a really strange adaptation for how they're going to play because everything is pretty much in supporting a Millie Bobby Brown's character. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I'd love to debate that, but it seems like... uh, She's the biggest
1: heroine. She's the one who can actually defeat the monsters.
0: Yeah, well, not anymore. She actually said three months later she couldn't even close the closet door, so maybe she lost her superpowers. I fucking doubt it, but maybe she lost her superpowers. It's more like a oh, she needs a supernatural aid to go into the unknown world, reclaim her superpowers, and then fight the once evil Stranger Things from Hawkins, Indiana again. And this transferring to another location is this unknown world where she recuperates this character development. She finally becomes a normal teenager for a little bit, that sense of oasis, and then it's back to fighting monsters. I think that's what's going to happen in season four. I really do.
1: Absolutely. Well, if you think about it, how many very powerful and heroic characters that play within series, whether it's a TV series or a film series, have at one point lost themselves and their personality, and they don't understand who they are anymore, maybe because they lost someone that they loved? or they were just at a different point in their life and was they this, forgot this, and then ended up losing their powers only to regain them when they found their purpose again. Like I
0: need examples. I can't vision anything.
1: Kiki's delivery service when she couldn't fly. <laughs> Spider-Man 3, or was it Spider-Man 2, two, Spider-Man two when, when he lost his, his powers? Because he got sad. Like. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, those elements, though, can really dictate the powers of a character. You know, I mean, L just lost Hopper. And that's right after she lost. Oh wait, no. I guess it was very before, like a little bit beforehand, right?
0: What is beforehand? That she had lost, lost her, her powers when or she discovered. was a, when she literally put all the force into fighting the mind flare and taking yeah. out the splinter from whose leg? It was someone's leg. I don't remember. Um, was it
1: her own leg? Oh yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was her, her own, own leg. leg. All right,
0: that would explain why I don't remember. And uh, she like used all of her fucking powers to do that, and she was I'm pretty sure completely drained. Now there's this yeah. bullshit notion of logic that is completely false and is only used by people who don't want to do anything, which is you have a finite amount of exertion per day, Or if you exert so much force, you actually shouldn't do anymore because you will be drained of your finite amount of energy. Well, although you do have a finite amount of energy, speaking, you, you do not have infinite mass, mm-hmm. that's bullshit. You should be able to just constantly exert force your maximum ability all day, and you'd, you'd be drained, but you still could. I think that this idea or concept is what's being used with L, is that she drained her powers so much that there's a huge regenerative period where she needs to be able to recuperate and train and do a montage like Karate Kid to mm-hmm. get where <laughs> she needs to be again. Absolutely. Not like a, a wax on, wax off, but a similar notion where maybe she could find someone who is like her in season two, which is a very weird tangent of an episode, mm-hmm. and... Um, But I think it was important. They could teach her on Dagobah the ways of the Force so she can go back and try to (laughs) fight her father. (laughs) The ways of the Force. (laughs) It'd be very similar. Um, And one last point I want to bring up uh, before, I don't know if you have any more that you thought of, but you know that, uh, Robin, Maya Hawk is Uma Thurman's daughter, right? What? Yeah. And there was a lot of illusions between Kill Bill and Stranger Things 3. And uh, just a few subtle nods of shots where there's a shot of what would be um, uh, ho- is it Hori Hondo? Uh, Hori- the guy who what? made the samurai swords to start her off with a supernatural aid to go kill Bill. Have oh, you seen Kill Bill? I haven't seen
1: Kill Get Bill. Get the fuck
0: out of here. I uh, know. H- H- I Hondo. It. And uh, there was a shot where there was his head in the back and she was pushed over a table talking to him and the exact same one was Maya Hawk talking to, to Steve Harrington in Scoops Ahoy. Like
1: <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely see the character or the similarities between the two. Mom and daughter.
0: Mom and daughter. Yeah. Oh, uh, and two more things. Brand new characters I want to talk about before we go. Uh, We have... What was uh, the the new... Erica. Erica. It was Erica. Erica. With her very libertarian economic standpoints at a very young age. I was very surprised by that. I loved it. You can't put America without Erica or something <laughs> like that. This is child endangerment. I'm going to drink poison. Like She was she was purely comedic relief, and it was really funny. I loved the induction of her and the mysterious, um, finally-revealed, very nerdy girlfriend that uh, Dustin had. Remember her name? Yes, yeah, Susie. Susie. <laughs> God Is like the world's ending. She's like, I'm Look, just gonna go ahead and
1: dance. Like, that, that was her your eyes. Look at what <laughs> you see. And oh was, my
0: gosh, we should do. And it was our all to get Plank's constant out of her. <laughs> Why do you always gotta make some special ordeal just to f- we're all dying here? I'm sorry. Did you? Did you want to, to tell me you love me? Like, that's that was the same premise behind it. I, I love the banter behind them, though. I think that was really good. Yeah,
1: I think it was unnecessarily perfect. And just that song playing while the giant mind flare was running it, after it was the car. It was very ironic. I
0: love stuff With, like that. Like, yeah. for instance, I had this idea that I'm going to be put forward in a little bit whenever I get time. Of, do uh, You know, um, have you seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre?
1: No, I have not.
0: I don't like scary movies that much, though. So. Oh yeah, but I not saw. A fan. I showed you Saw, and yes. by the way, you remember the mayor from Stranger Things three? He yeah. was the guy in Saw, Carl Hughes, who's also Wait, in Princess Bride. The, the
1: guy on the floor, or one of the guys locked in the room.
0: The mayor, who was like, "I can't mm. have Fourth of July." Don Hopper, no, take but down the protesters Sa- in Saw. He was the guy who had. It, he was the doctor who was cheating on his wife, who had to saw off his own leg.
1: Ooh. That's um, what you get if you cheat on your wife.
0: Yep, that's exactly it. So I saw your leg. What, happened, what idea I have behind is that that final shot, which you don't know of, but for listeners who do like horror films, who have listened to this, who's probably listening to this because of our horror film adaptations we have, <laughs> there's this final amazing shot at the end of it um, where Leatherface has a chainsaw. He just admits defeat and having one person escape, and he's swinging it around, and it's an amazing sunset, and it's beautiful. I'm having this ironic song play in the background. <laughs> A of Virginia ham is the best that you can eat. I think that'd be a good idea. I don't know. Yeah. But absolutely. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put that forward in motion. I think someone might have already done it, though. But <laughs> I think this the idea of there being meat and bone is, like, is a good uh, ironic twist to it. And it sounds all happy and hunky-dory. <laughs> uh, anyway, anything yeah. other than that, I don't really have anything past to bring up. Um, do, you, do you have any closing remarks, Laura?
1: Um... Oh my gosh! We didn't even t- talk about uh, Nancy Wheeler's mom, Karen Wheeler.
0: Oh, how she went
1: from being this very stereotypical <laughs> she, cameo housewife to a eighty housewife,
0: and she's like, <laughs> "I'm gonna go bang the eighteen year old lifeguard." that all the other. Can we talk also about want.
1: how that was just a little too easily accepted that she was gonna have
0: sex with Billy Hargrove? How how he was like, "You should come over. We do swimming lessons. It'll be very." Aerobic, or whatever his phrasing aerobic. was. Or
1: that all of the moms wanted to have sex with 18 year old Billy Hargrove. Like, that, that's not okay, y'all.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> Mills are gonna do what Mills is gonna do, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think it was just purely his physique at this point.
1: I mean, of course. Absolutely. There was and nothing- the way that he spoke, oh my gosh. Like, I did not like Billy in the beginning. And really, the end, I was like, okay, shout out Billy, but I don't know how I feel about you. But when he spoke, I'm like, okay, I get it. I get why all the
0: <laughs> girls like you. You, you want to know how he got his, his, uh, his role in Stranger Things 3? How? Or in Stranger Things 2? Is in the audition, he came in wearing a full G-string and was like, this is me. I'm gonna be Billy. Boom, and like that, and like we, this is the guy. We need the guy. And that was that was his audition tape for fucking this Stranger Things. This is me in a G Street. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's ridiculous. But Nancy Wheeler definitely almost went off the deep end with this whole flirtatious stunt because obviously Ted wasn't cutting no, Karen, it.
1: Karen, not Nancy. Karen Wheeler.
0: Sorry, Karen. Her mom. Her mom. Uh, mom. She. Uh, <laughs> she. She. She almost did this whole midlife crisis with a teenager thing because Ted was like, Man, I'm just so boring and fall asleep and my sex drive is essentially negligible. Like that.
1: <laughs> well, if you think about it, though, she's never been happy with Ted. And that was very obvious within like the, the first, first season. encounter. Yeah, with the first encounter that Ted was this very passive parent that she was really like using him for money, which is like what most women did back in the day. They married for money because they weren't able to Get into titles that allowed them to have a salary, really. <laughs> like,
0: uh, which is oh, actually made sexism. much more prevalent in Nancy's yeah. job at the newspaper company.
1: I really like that, Pat, because that's exactly what women had to deal with oh, back then. Mar- my, I'm sorry. I won't go into know, I know, I know
0: it's, it's important, but this is an it escape is. from reality. Okay. Um, but... Uh, We try not to get too political on here. I'm not dismaying those claims. I'm (laughs) saying we should talk about other things. If we want to go ahead and do that, we could do it for a separate podcast. No problemo. Oh, okay, so we're going but back yeah, to was, Karen Wheeler. That still is prevalent in today's society. It's definitely thinking back then, and they way further personified it with... Fuck that guy, by the way. He was like...
1: Mm-hmm. Just, like just,
0: overly asshole.
1: It was. I agree.
0: Uh, which but, didn't they have a... He did a great portrayal when he was being possessed at the end, too. Amazing acting on his end.
1: Oh, yeah. So we can't remember Every his name. Every single but, character who was possessed. I even, like... Even though Will's character seems to be like okay, what's your purpose? I think Will is a great actor, especially in season 2 when he was like battling he's a little boy and he's battling this mind flare and he's portraying it so eerily and perfectly like we need to talk about his acting skills more because Will, he's amazing.
0: I think we brought this up in the last podcast, which I'm sure you didn't listen to. But if you guys, not not you, Laura, uh, <laughs> but if you listeners did listen to it, you, we probably mentioned that Will had an amazing, he was definitely the best child actor in a whole slew of it. Mm-hmm. Even though I am preferable to Millie Bobby Brown's character itself, Will could not be outdone with his performance, especially at a, such a young age. I mm-hmm. there's no fucking way I could do that. He's he's no a great way. actor. He's got a, a hopefully a bigger career path ahead of him, instead of just being kept into the box that is Will Byers. You know, like Pee Wee yeah. Herman or something. Actually, you know, Pee Wee you know destroyed his own um, <laughs> career by being caught white handed. But um, so <laughs> 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 fucking movie theater. Uh, oh, that was funny. Uh, so I think that's pretty much everything I wanted to talk about. Are you all good on your end, Laura? Yeah, I'm all good. All right, so what we always do every episode yes. is we rate it, we do a score, and then we see what it is in comparison to the rest of the world. Okay. The whole series, what would you rate it? And season three, what would you rate it?
1: What's the rating? Like one out of ten? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'd give the whole series... A 9 out of
0: 10. Holy crap, that's high. I
1: really Well, I really like it. I think it's a really cool idea that hadn't been brought up before. Stranger Things, the first one, telekinesis, a mind flare, demigorgons. Like, there's so many really abstract and complex ideas that work really perfectly with each other. So, I think the concept of Stranger Things is a very notable and creative complex idea that should be recognized okay. with A9. But... Stranger Things Three, I have to say I was bored in the beginning because I was like, Okay, how it, are you doing? It
0: going? was very slow. It was at the really beginning. It was really slow. It so. took me a while to finally be like, All right, just sit down, fucking watch all of it, and leave it like a win. And then it got it.
1: amazing. And then but I'm, yeah, I
0: know.
1: <laughs> so I would give it like uh, six out of ten, or something.
0: Really, a six or that maybe, low? The whole series seven. is a nine. and You thought this was the okay, worst a one. Okay, seven
1: out of ten.
0: So you okay? And it
1: was just because of that very slow period in the beginning, but then it got better. Well, I mean, or that maybe was only like- okay, an eight out of ten. Will you let me I'm score? I'm just. All
0: right, six. you know what? This is your opinion. Okay. You just, what's, eight. The, what's your final answer? Eight. You, your decision, not mine. Hey,
1: S- 7.5. 7.5 out, out of 10 for
0: season three. <laughs> I thought season three was an eight. I think it was fantastic, mm. giving us a meta score of 7.75. And I think actually the whole series was an eight, with a. I think the peak was season two. It was a mild peak, mm. um, but it was still good. I'd give like. The first season in eight, the second season eight and a half, and the third season in eight. Like, it's fantastic. So Was it we, the
1: peak when Elle walked in after she had just killed the demigod, the demidog through,
0: no, her, through the window? it was when she was, she like, was in the, the downstairs of Hawkins Laboratory and she was fighting the Mind Flayer with just her oh, hand and there was blood yeah. going down her face. Which, by the way, you think after this point she'd have a tissue lying around. Like, she's been classically conditioned, like, every time she uses it, <laughs> there's going to be blood. Fucking just you're gonna wipe it up, yeah. just do it preemptively. Just
1: carry some cleanish. Not like, that <laughs> bright, I guess I don't know.
0: But uh that leaves our total score for the whole show. You yes. gave it a nine. Yeah. I gave it an eight, that's eight and a half. IMDB says eight point nine, we're only point four stars off. We're I think that's pretty solid. All right. Cool. We're normally only about the most we've been off is one point two stars. So you know that we're somewhat reliable guys for our we listeners. Are pretty. And I think we have some valid points that we brought up. I don't think there is anything too particularly wrong with this season. Like for instance in season one I can't think of a single thing and I was like, that sucked. Season yeah. two, there was that one episode where they're like, oh, they went off and found other superpowers, and they went back to normal, and nothing happened from it. And that was maybe the worst part, but it still wasn't bad. In season three, this the first episode was just slow, but it was still good. Like, I don't see anything really wrong with this whole series. There's not been one thing where I'm like, oh, yeah, other than that part. Like, <coughs> other than the entire prequel trilogy, yeah, it was fine. Like, I don't have that problem with Stranger Things. I think it was all fantastic. I think the Duffer brothers are doing a great job, and I think an 8.5 is a very valuable score for this entire series. And I can't wait to come back and do Stranger Things Season 4 Stranger. in like 10 years when it comes out.
1: When is, Isn't it like a Christmas thing now? Because they did Halloween for the first two seasons and then the 4th of July. And I feel like it might be Christmas. That'd be a good
0: the, a homage to the Christmas lights that we had yeah. with with Joyce at the beginning. Which, yeah. man, I, I really like that, that motif and that, that just that feel of the color scheme in Season 1 because of the Christmas lights. Which... It actually was around Christmas time, because when she was buying those Christmas lights, Christmas music was playing in the grocery store.
1: Because I think the first episode was Halloween or something
0: of that nature. I don't think so. No, that that was was
1: season two, the first episode was Halloween. But it was around Halloween or, like, right after Halloween when Bill, or not Will, (laughs) when Will disappeared.
0: I mean, the name still applies, right? I guess so. But, yeah, Will went off on the... uh, uh, the, the, the one route that they named after Lord of the Rings, and then they just couldn't find him for a whole season. Or was it two seasons? No, the, the, he came back at the end of season one. All right, so I think that's all we got to talk about. Um, all right. Signing off, I'm Cameron Haug.
1: I'm Laura Lane.
0: <laughs> Have a good night, guys.